0: Hey, Redemption family, thanks for tuning in today. We hope this message encourages you. Be sure to tune in live on Sundays at 1030 a.m. at rttnchurch.com. I'm praying you leave so full today when your cup is running over, you get out in your car and go to the restaurant and people look at you funny because they see something good happening in your life. How many know God wants to do something good? Y'all didn't say amen. I said, how many know God wants to do something good? Why would he do something good? Because he's good. All the time, God is good. And today we thank God for his goodness. And I'm not going to take long today. Um, I'm going to uh, say what I believe God told me to say because I feel like what he wants me to say is supposed to start something today. And I'm tired of, I'm tired of us being infatuated with saying something because sometimes we say something but don't start nothing. I believe the Word ought to say something to start something. I believe God wants to start something in the nation of America. I said I believe God wants to start something. How many believe God can begin something right here on Pentecost Sunday? In fact, what better Sunday would there be for God to start a revival that turns a generation all the way upside down? What better Sunday would there be for God to bring an awakening to a sleeping, dried-up, messed-up nation? This is the day when the Spirit moved and the Spirit breathed and the Spirit birthed the church. 2,000 years ago, and on this Sunday where we remember what he did back then, I'm believing that there's a rebirth happening right now, and that something good is getting ready to come out. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. There's a reason why we're seeing all we're seeing. Hell knows we're getting real close to something we've been waiting on, and it's trying to make sure we don't get there, but I feel a push from the Holy Ghost that's getting ready to help us Okay, Father. Haggai chapter 2. Oh, Lord. I've been in Acts chapter 2 for weeks preparing to preach. But this morning, Haggai 2 got all over me. And so uh, we'll see what happens with Acts 2. And we'll see where we go with this. But I want to preach. So here we go. Look at your neighbor. Smile at him one more time. Say, neighbor, we need Pentecost right now. Y'all said that, but like a bunch of Presbyterians, look at your neighbor with some urgency and say to your neighbor, "Say, hey neighbor, say I need a Pentecost right now." Now, y'all gotta shake off this garment of heaviness. I know what we're dealing with, but some good is on the way. Holler at your neighbor, say, "Hey neighbor, say we need Pentecost right now." How many believers say, "Amen"? Haggai chapter 2, verse 1. In the seventh month, on the 21st of the month, the word of the Lord came to Haggai the prophet, saying, Speak now to Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah, and to Joshua, the son of Jehozadak, the high priest, And to the remnant, the remnant, the remnant, the remnant, the remnant. I'm trying to find you, the remnant of the people saying, who is left among you who saw this temple in its former glory? And how do you see it now in comparison with it? Is this not in your eyes as nothing Yet now be strong. Somebody say now. See, I need Pentecost now. Now be strong, Zerubbabel, says the Lord. Be strong, Joshua, son of Jehoshadat, the high priest. Be strong, all you people of the land, says the Lord, and work. Come on, air high five somebody. Tell them work, 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 work. For I am with you, says the Lord of hosts. According to the word that I covenanted with you when you came out of Egypt. Look at this. So my spirit remains among you. I wish I could find somebody to get thankful for that. Do not fear. For thus saith the Lord of hosts, once more, it is a little while, I will shake heaven and earth, the sea and the dry land. I will shake all the nations and they shall come to the desire of all nations. I will fill this temple with glory, says the Lord of hosts. The silver is mine and the gold is mine, says the Lord of hosts. The glory of this latter temple shall be greater than the glory of the former temple. And in this place, somebody say, in this place, I will give peace, says the Lord of hosts. God, in your name I pray, send Pentecost right now. Send the wind of your spirit. Send the fire of Holy Ghost. Send the word of Like a hammer, let it smash mountains. Like a sword, let it circumcise the heart. Like a blanket, let it bring comfort. Like a lamp, let it bring guidance. Like bread, let it feed our soul. I pray today for a quickening in the house of the Lord. May the Holy Spirit breathe on people today. And I pray in these next few minutes of saying something that you would start something. And Father, as Devin said, we take our seat in heavenly places and we do not operate from a diminished inferior point of view but you called us up into heavenly places to see from heaven's point of view and today my heart is indicting a good matter and i recognize that there are reports of negativity pain hate all around us but i pray for the courage today to speak from heaven's point of view. And while you heal our hearts, fill our soul with the Holy Ghost. While you touch our hearts, I pray strength would rise from the Spirit of God in Jesus' name. And everybody who loves him said amen. Amen. Can be seated in the presence of the Lord. The book of Haggai is a book written by what theologians call a post-exilic prophet. A prophet who wrote prophecies after the exile, the exile, where the people of God went for 70 years into the captivity of Babylon. Nebuchadnezzar walked in and razed the city, destroyed the temple. He took the holy items out of the temple and he took them back to Babylon and he chained the people of God in a chain and drugged them mercilessly like animals through the streets of their city back to Babylon. They hung their harps on willow trees. They quit singing. They stopped the melody of the songs of Zion. They were sitting hopeless on the river of Babylon, longing to go back home. Their temple destroyed, their way of life having come to an end. They are now slaves and vassals, the Jewish people, slaves and vassals of the Babylonian empire under the evil reign of Nebuchadnezzar. Yet God raised up prophets in the land to remind Israel, you're not staying here forever. I'm going to bring you back to your place. I'm going to give you back a home. I'm even going to let you rebuild a temple. And after 70 years of bondage, they came back to Jerusalem under the leadership of Ezra and Nehemiah. They came back home and began to try to rebuild a a similitude of what home looked like and life there. And when they come back home, they recognize we cannot be the people of God without a temple to gather in. So they began to be the people of God and they laid the foundation of a new temple. The problem was that the new temple didn't look like the one that had been destroyed. The foundation of the new temple was much smaller than the foundation of the temple of Solomon that had been destroyed. And there were a group of people among the exiles who came out of Babylon and went back home. And when they laid the new temple, there was a confusing noise that came about from Israel. One generation, the younger generation, who had never seen the temple, they were not alive when the previous temple was destroyed. That new generation saw the new foundation of the place where God's people would gather, and they got excited because they could not wait to come to the house of the Lord. But there was an older generation that looked at the foundation of the new temple, and because it wasn't as grandiose and great Because it wasn't as large and big as the old temple, the Bible said they began to mourn and they began to weep that the new temple did not look like the old temple. And so you see this generational dissonance dissonance that is happening. The young generation is excited that God has a place to meet with his people and the older generation is upset that it doesn't quite look like what it used to. And so there's this, there's this generational dissonance that's going on in the day of Haggai. And because the people of God could not get on the same page, they stopped working on the temple. For 16 years, the foundation was laid, but the building did not get finished. How would you like to start building a house for you and your family to live in only 16 years later to walk out in your yard and look and the only thing laid after 16 years is some concrete no walls no light fixtures no roof nothing in the kitchen nothing in the in fact there is no bedroom all that's left is a foundation after 16 years how many know that's a hopeless feeling when Devin and I built our house several years ago I felt like 10 months was an eternity maybe it was because for a portion of that 10 months we had to live in a 700 square foot apartment with a dog bigger than my two girls with another little dog that bit everything that walked through the door and we had four kids and they laid their be- their beds side by side by side by side for for five months we lived in 700 square feet I bound devils I loosed angels I rebuked hindrances and nothing was happening quickly. After, after 10 months and we're still not, are y'all looking at me funny? I'm just telling you that there's supposed to be progress when you build something. But I want you to know that every time you get close to progress Satan understands proximity. As you get closer to your promise through the process of progress Satan always sends a hindrance to try to keep you from finishing what God has started. This is where we are in the book of Haggai. They started something, but they were not able to finish the thing. And whenever the people of God lose sight of the purpose and we lose sight of the promise, it always takes a to come by, to get us refocused on the assignment, to stir us out of a place of apathy, and to get us moving forward in the things of God. I will tell you what the nation needs right now. It's not just another voice. We need the prophetic voice of Yahweh to speak to our hearts that are discouraged. Some people are overwhelmed with fear. And if you're not careful, and I'm not careful, we'll get our eyes on social media and off the Holy Ghost, and we'll start becoming hopeless and feel like there's no solution. I can't today to tell you that what God starts, he knows how to finish. What God begins, he knows how to complete. Martin Luther King Jr. started something in 1960. He died prematurely, but what he started, God is about to raise up prophetic people who know how to finish the job. I came to tell somebody, it's time to work! It's interesting to me when God begins to speak, he speaks to Zerubbabel and Joshua. Somebody say Zerubbabel. Oh, it feels good to say it. Zerubbabel. Makes you feel like you're talking in tongues. Zerubbabel. You've got to understand when God gets ready to do something, he starts talking to leadership. Zerubbabel is the governor of the city, and Joshua is the high priest. You can't get people motivated if leadership don't get motivated. I can't find no help in this room today. I need some leaders. Yes, Lord. I'm talking to some preachers watching me on Facebook Live right now. You're watching me on Monday morning, and you're trying to figure out an answer. the answer you are part of the solution get up off your blessed assurance open up your mouth and prophesy speak the word of the Lord put a sword in one hand and a shovel in the other hand bind the devil loose angels pray thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is I feel the Holy Ghost in this room right now he started talking to leadership Because if leaders are paralyzed, people are paralyzed because people follow leaders. Zerubbabel isn't even really that spiritual. He's just a governor and a leader. But God understands if you're gonna get the people moving, you gotta get the leadership moving. And he doesn't just talk to the municipality, he talks to the people of God. He talks to the leadership of the people of God, Joshua. I'm going to say this, any ounce of influence Yahweh has entrusted into my life should not be used for my soapbox or my platform. You don't have to say amen. Take it. Receive it. God doesn't give us influence so that we get more followers on social media. i see more preachers trying to get more attention. It's nauseating to use this week as some kind of platform for you to grow your crowd is bananas. It's sad. Born-again people do not exploit the pain of a community to try to grow their ministry. The anointing on my life this week is not for me, it is for you. God didn't call preachers for themselves to give the glory. He called preachers to stand up and point people to the risen now scarred hands of Jesus so that they can see a picture of victory. Looking unto Jesus the author and the finisher of our faith who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despised the shame and is set down on the right hand of God. Keep your eyes on Him. Leaders have got to lead. If you're a leader, I don't care if you're a mom, you're a leader, a dad, you're a leader, a business owner, you're a leader, an elder, you're a leader, a preacher, you're a leader, whatever you lead, whoever you lead, use your influence to motivate the people of God forward. Look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor it's not time to get stuck. There's a lot of stuck people. If I were the devil, I got a sermon I preach. I might take off and preach it right now. Since I don't know what I'm preaching, I'm gonna preach what comes to me, hallelujah. If I were the devil, I torment hearts I would use social media and the news agencies to spew all kind of evil and bring hopelessness to the hearts if I were the devil I would poison the mind of the people of God and tell them there is no hope if I were the devil I'd lie to every preacher and tell them their preaching was in vain if I were the devil I would put hate in the hearts of humanity so that they turn on themselves and self-destruct if I were the journey I take peace out of every home if I were the devil I'd fill the streets with hopeless kids who will kill one another because they believe they have no future if I were the devil but since I'm not the devil and I know what he would do I came to tell you about a God who's already one step ahead of the devil and what the devil meant for evil Better help me on that organ this Sunday. I've been waiting on this for 12 weeks. I might preach through my lunch break. I feel the Holy Ghost on me right now. He talked to the leaders, and here's what he asked them. Who among you is left that saw the temple in its former glory? And how do you see it now? I want to talk to some older saints for a moment. You've been around for a little bit, Papa, Nanny. I'm thankful this morning we're a multi generational church. I'm grateful for all the millennials. We got to have the young people in the room. But in this moment, I'm thankful for some white hair. Brother Terry, wave at me. I see that white head back there. Oh, yes. I'm thankful for some white hair. Why am I thankful? Because they're still here. Woo! And every now and then, we've got to have a testimony rise up in Zion that when hell breaks loose and the devil says, I feel the Lord on my neck right now. When hell says it's over and there's no hope for your generation, I need somebody to walk into the house of the Lord that says, that devil is a liar. We've come through some stuff. We've been through hell and high water. But look what the Lord has done. God is still on the throne. The old saints, in Haggai 2, the prophet said, you saw it in its former glory. If we're not careful, we'll get real nostalgic when we start talking about Pentecost. You start talking about being Pentecostal and people start summoning the memories. Glory to God. I remember... You'd be amazed at how many messages, emails, phone calls I get throughout the week. Brother Wallace, I long for the good old days. Where the Holy Ghost moved. Honey, I don't know where you've been. Because the Holy Ghost I serve hadn't stopped moving. I don't know what bucket you bounced out of or train you fell off of, but if you think God is not moving in this hour, you ain't been in the right place. The God I serve is moving in my generation. And I just want to tell you, the king has the next move, and he's not finished yet. They started thinking about the old temple. And the good old days and how God moved in the previous temple and when they started looking at what God was up to here in this new generation their hearts got heavy and they said it ain't like it used to be and there's nothing that will slow down the work of the Lord or the move of God like a mentality in the atmosphere. The kind of mentality that says, oh, I long for the old days. I come to tell you right now what God is about to do is is going to make some of you forget about what you used to be infatuated with. He said, this thing that I'm doing now, do you see it? Does it compare with what used to be? And, And what we're going to find out is that they felt like we don't need to work on this assignment because it's not as big as it used to be. I want to tell you right now, if you're taking notes, write this down. The enemy of greatness is bigness. I'm getting ready to say something in here. We put a premium in the last 10 years on bigness and we've lost greatness. Great, bigness is about how many butts. oh, forgive me. People you have sitting, sorry, babe, I, I hear about that one at lunch, forgive me. Edit that out, Chad, hallelujah. Bigness is about how many people you get in the seats. Greatness is about how many people you get in the streets. I can't find no help. We got a lot of people in the seats, but you don't change America until you get this in the streets. We traded bigness for greatness. I'm calling us back to greatness. And on a morning that I'm calling you back to greatness, we're experiencing bigness like we never experienced it before. Everybody wants to be big. I want us to be great for God. I talked about this last week on a podcast with somebody. Everybody's wondering who's essential. If they shut your church down and your city doesn't know it, you were not essential. Dev warmed the car up, babe. I don't think they're ready for this one today. Hallelujah. I said, if they shut your church down and nobody knows you're shut down, you weren't very essential. Well, what about my rights? If the only thing that keeps your door open is a right and not a fulfillment of a responsibility, you have missed the call of being the people of God. I'm not essential because of my first amendment. I'm essential because in our in the name of the Lord, there is power over every demon principality. We're essential because we feed the hungry and we clothe the poor and we pray for those in need and this whole thing in Haggai 2 I'm not even to where I'm going yet this whole thing in Haggai 2 is about God having a place and a people now I've been rebuked before and I know that there are people who misunderstand what I'm saying when I say this. Gathering is important. The building is not, but the gathering is. I mean, I have heard all kind of unbelievable theological garbage coming recently. God is getting us back to where we don't need to go to church. Find that in your Bible. Now, I'm not criticizing people. We got people, part of our family, who, are, who can't get sick, don't need to get sick, don't want to get in their home, and I bless that. I'm not talking. I'm talking about the theologians who are creating a new normal. Well, since I just don't care, let me just go here. Daniel chapter 7 says that the beast in the last day would try to change the times and the seasons the devil would try to change the times and the seasons do you understand that when people start talking about a new normal if you're not careful you will allow a voice that doesn't come from heaven to speak into the earth to try to change the time and the season and i don't know about you but my house and my calendar are not like season that has been dictated by the spirit of the Antichrist. I need him more now than I've ever needed Jesus before. And I'm going to make a crazy, I need you more now than I've ever needed you before. (laughs) Satan wants to change everything and create the kind of new normal God is not birthing. There is a new normal coming. It's not the one we've seen in the last seven days. AND THIS NOTION OF I'M THE CHURCH BY MYSELF, NOT ME. I FELT MY STRENGTH RISE TODAY JUST BECAUSE I'VE BEEN IN THE ROOM WITH Y'ALL. YOU MIGHT KNOW WHAT I'M TALKING ABOUT? AND IN THIS TEXT TODAY, THEY'RE BUILDING GOD A PLACE SO THAT THEY CAN GATHER TOGETHER. And GOD SAID SOMETHING POWERFUL. He said, stay focused, get to work, get to work, be strong. I'm not making this up. It's what the book said. God told his people, he told the governor and he told the priest, the people, the priest and the governor. He said, be strong. Look at your neighbor. Tell them, be strong. It's not a moment for weakness. This is not a moment for weakness and let me tell you right now if God didn't think you could handle the moment you wouldn't have lived in this generation you have the apparatus you have the warfare gear you have the weaponry you have everything you need you say I don't know where it is I found it it's in Ephesians chapter 6 having done all to stand stand that you may be able to stand in the evil day having on the feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand head a helmet of salvation having the sword of the spirit the breastplate of righteousness the belt of truth the shield of faith you're not some weak spineless thing getting run over by a culture living in chaos and that is out of control your daddy owns the cattle on a thousand hills your father has all power and authority the next time somebody asks you who do you think you are ask them how much time do you have I'm the head and not the tail I'm above and not beneath I'm blessed in the city and I'm blessed in the field. Don't be weak, be strong. You've got a job to do. Look at somebody, tell them, be strong. Tell them, get to work. Uh, Well, who's going to do this? Who's going to do this work? We are. If you think Washington is going to fix this, Look at Washington. (laughs) Washington can't fix this one. It's dark. It's dark. How do you fix the darkness? How do you fix the dark? Washington can't fix this. It's dark. It's dark. It's dark. What do you do when it gets dark? You turn the light. he said get to work be strong look at this and here's I guess this is Pentecost Sunday material how are we going to do this verse 5 I made a covenant with you when I brought you out of Egypt and the spirit that was with you when I brought you out of Egypt, look at verse 5, that spirit remains with you. And I felt like I need to tell somebody today, we are not alone. I might be able just to end this thing right there. We are, I'm not going to, but I could. We are not <laughs> alone. Look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor, we are not alone. It's the plan of the enemy to get you and I to think that we're fighting this fight all by ourselves. But I came to tell somebody, you are not alone. The fight against injustice, the fight against poverty, the fight against religion, the fight against darkness, the fight against evil, we are not alone. The same Holy Ghost that brought Israel out of Egypt and was with him when he parted the Red Sea and they walked over dry ground thousands of years later they're trying to build God a place and they feel like there are too many odds stacked up against him and they want to give up and they say there is no hope and God said fear not the same spirit and I feel him in here right now the same spirit that opened up the Red Sea and brought you over when I brought you out that same spirit is with you now Now, and I've got good news. He will not leave you. And here it is. This is where we are, right here. For I, look at this, will shake, verse 6, I will shake heaven and earth, the sea and the dry land, and I will shake the nations. Until they come to the desire of all the nations. Now, don't miss this. Let me teach this. Let me slow down. My head is on fire, but let me slow down. The nations actually have a desire. Oh, yeah. America has a desire this morning. We're desiring some peace. We're desiring some justice, we're desiring some unity, we're desiring some, the nations have a desire, but sometimes nations lose their way and they become misguided by impure priorities. So what God said I have to do is shake the nations. To get the nations aggravated back to a place where they recognize who the real desire of the nation. See, because listen, I want to tell some people in this room when I get ready to say, I hope you understand it with ears to hear. But 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 there are some people in this room right now who have captured the American dream. Some would call them privileged. They've actually had the American dream and gotten an opportunity and have lots of money and are still screwed up. No, they actually have a four car garage with five cars in the driveway and they got a Rolex on their hand and money in the bank and they got all that we think is the desire and they're still screwed up. And sometimes God has to shake the nations to remind the nations that all that stuff you're chasing ain't really what you're desiring because you can get it and still have no peace you can get it and still have no joy let me help some people who have just launched out in the race of trying to find desires and you're chasing for worldly stuff and let me just tell you some people get it and recognize it ain't what they thought it was and doesn't satisfy like they thought it would and every now and then God will shake the whole system. He'll shake the whole nation. He'll shake the whole earth. He'll shake the nations to remind you, you can be in the middle of the greatest economy of your generation, but I'm gonna shake you to remind you all that stuff will not fill you up. There is a desire the nations have that can only be found when you find Jesus. That's why I came to ask you, what are you chasing? What is your desire? Let me speak broadly. What's the desire of this nation? Isn't it funny and sad and weird all at the same time that three months ago we were living in the most prosperous economy in the history of mankind? And today, people are waiting on checks to come from the government so that they can pay their bills. Shaken. Can't even walk into a grocery store without a mask. Shaken. Can't even shake hands with your loved ones. Can't hug your mama like you used to because you're afraid you'll give her something. What's going on? Shaking. I'm still hugging my mama. We're shaking. And just when you think we might be ready to exit COVID and get our bearings, a helpless man laying with handcuffs on his hands in a street is killed in broad daylight. The pain and the fear and the anger of a generation who every now and then gets a little bit of comfort sees that happening on live TV and also, and it just incites us and we're shaken. And we look here and we look there and everywhere we look, God, I feel the Lord and I'm getting ready to close, but we keep looking for someone to feel our desire. Just in case you think America is the only one shaking, go watch your news cycle tonight. China is shaken. Brazil is shaken. Canada is shaken. Russia is shaken. Riots in the streets. Pain in homes murder in in communities everywhere we look. We keep wanting somebody to fulfill the desire of the nations and nobody can fulfill the desire of the nations and just when we get satisfied and just when we accept a a fraudulent desire, a a fraudulent fulfillment, God said I love you too much America to let you get your eyes on materialism and let that become a fulfilled desire. Oh no America, I'm going to let you be shake out until you get hungry for the one that came from Galilee out of the womb of a girl named Mary. I'm not going to let you lay down at night until the king of glory is the king of your heart until your hearts and my heart are filled with desire for him alone. And on this Pentecost Sunday God said I will shake the nations and they will come to the desire of all nations and I will fill this temple with glory. I felt that when she said that. Do you know why we need the Holy Ghost in the church on Pentecost Sunday in May of 2020? because the world is feeling the effect of misguided satisfaction and misguided desires and now the stuff that we thought would make us happy has left us feeling empty and the peace we thought we found has left us and eluded us and we can't find it and I'm telling you God is shaking this thing one more time because he's getting ready to strip us of counterfeit fulfillment and giving us a heart to know what it's like to sit in the glory to feel his glory to come up under the influence of his glory until our heads are on fire with the presence of God and our bellies are full of the goodness of God until the Holy Ghost fills everybody in this room. I'm telling you right now, there's some religious dry hides sitting in this church. You've been going through motions for 30 years. God's about to let his glory come to your temple. Stop! somebody, tell a neighbor, I need the glory. I need the glory. In fact, somebody open up your mouth and holler, Lord. Show us thy glory. I need your glory. I need your glory. My generation needs your glory. He said, my glory is coming. I'm going to satisfy the desire of all the nations. Before you can have the glory, you've got to have the shaking. I'm done with this. Yeah. Oh. Mm. Stand with me. Stand with me. Throw your hands up right now. I believe the Spirit of God is saying in this moment, He is the desire of all the nations. And the church has been shaken from misguided satisfaction and fraudulent satisfaction. See, I'm not telling you God won't give you stuff, but we've been pursuing stuff and forgot the real desire of all the nations is a king who has a heart of love uh that gives peace that passes understanding, a joy that is unspeakable and full of glory. We will never find peace until the Prince of Peace is resting in the hearts of the people of God. And your Bible says that the glory, the glory, the glory of the Lord the glory of the Lord come to his temple the temple is not the building you're standing in, the temple is the one whose hands are lifted right now in this place that's the temple send your glory God send your glory send your glory Send your glory, God. I come against any distraction that would keep you from the moment we're coming into right now. He shook the nations to remind the nations that what you thought was satisfaction is fraudulent. us thy glory. In Acts chapter 2, that glory came to 120 of them. This is that little sermon I was going to preach out of Acts 2. First of all, it was for every generation, young and old. Old men dream dreams, young men see visions. God said, you're never too old to get a dream. You're never too young to have vision. But it wasn't on just on generations. The Holy Ghost being poured out in Acts 2 was for all genders. Oh, Jesus. That would have made a Pharisee pass out when he heard it, that a woman, a woman, a lady could be used by God. I thought that's what men did, preacher. That's because your Sunday school teacher didn't tell you the truth. My Bible said sons and daughters would prophesy. It wasn't just generations and it wasn't just all genders. This move of God that came to the temple, this outpouring of glory was for everyone no matter their genetics. Verse 18 of Acts 2 said, we read over this and we miss this, but this is profound. He said, on all bond servants. One translation, I don't like it, but one translation said slaves. Now let me help everybody understand something because we primarily understand slavery through an American lens of the 400 years of pain that we have experienced here. But in that day, there was no slavery like the slavery we know in America. Can I make you feel crazy? Many Gentile white people were slaves in that day. And here's what God was saying, nobody, no matter their genetic disposition or the pigmentation of their skin nobody will miss out on the outpouring of my glory i'm going to pour it out on sons and daughters old and young and every bond servant that don't even know their name they don't even know where they came from they have no dignity or identity god said i'm pouring out my glory on all flesh This week has worked over time to make certain people feel disqualified. And I came to tell you that devil is a liar. Everybody under the sound of my voice has an appointment with glory. God's gonna pour it out on women and men. You say, I don't believe in women preachers. God will make you sit down and take notes while a woman shares the word of the Lord. Even all them young people gotta make a papa sit down with tears coming down his eyes while his grandchildren dance. I feel the Lord. one straight 60 second period I want you to lift your hands and begin to pray God show us your glory reveal your glory come on see if you can pray 60 seconds without losing your focus don't lose your focus if you'll pray something's getting ready to happen <laughs> Some of you are getting filled with the Holy Ghost fresh right now. Lift your voice. Some of you need to release. You just need to release out of your spirit. A a groan. You've been dealing with something this week. Release a groan. The Holy Ghost will help you when you let him pray for you, through you, oh God. Oh God, oh God, I feel a yelp-breaking thing happening right now. Some of you are being filled with Holy Spirit right now. Out of your belly are flowing rivers of living water. Receive you the Holy Ghost. Tongues of fire are coming. Tongues of fire are coming. Open church. the power of God is filling you now the power of God is filling you now receive you the Holy Spirit oh, in my bones. Shake it, God. Shake it until the nations come to desire you. You are the desire of the nations. Somebody cry out. Somebody cry out. Somebody cry out. Oh, send your glory. I need 150 people to go to another level in prayer. Oh, send your glory. Send your glory. For our sons and daughters. For our sons and daughters. Say. Some of you are being baptized in Holy Spirit right now. Lift your hands and receive Holy Ghost. The fire of God is falling. Jesus. Lift your voice, lift your voice, oh, fire, fire, fire of God, fire of God, fire of God, fire of God. God. Holy Spirit, bring your power. Break through, Holy Spirit. Open the windows of heaven, Holy Spirit. Send the glory, send the glory. I wish you'd pray like it might be the last Sunday you ever get to pray for glory, to invade your generation. You say, Preacher, I'll see you next Sunday. I hope so, but I wish we'd pray like there is no next Sunday. I wish we'd pray like shaking has been going on and we want our hearts to be hungry for the desire of the nations, Jesus Christ. I want every person in this room right now who needs to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. You love Jesus with all your heart but you want to be filled with Holy Ghost and you want him to fill you to your overflow and you want him to fill you to your language that you know is becoming a language that came from heaven and it don't have to sound like I sound it's just going to come up out of your spirit. I want you right now if you want to be baptized in the holy spirit to lift your hands wherever you are don't be ashamed we're family this morning is a morning where glory is invading this place lift your hands if you need the holy spirit to fill you oh my god jesus oh my god jesus listen to me listen to me carefully I feel him peeling the heavens back today. He's peeling the heavens open. He's rolling back the veil. Hindrances are gone. If you lifted your hand, keep it up. I need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, and I want him to fill me with his power. I'm about to pray prayers that are for you, No one is going to put their hand on your mouth and make you say something. That's not how we do it. I'm going to pray a prayer. Unction is coming from heaven. What is unction, Pastor? The Bible calls it unction. It means permission and a push. It's that push and permission from God that this gift is for you. You want to know who this gift is for? Well, I heard it was for the deacons and the elders and the preachers and the bishops. That's not what my Bible says. My Bible says in Acts 2, verse number 38 and 9, the promise of the Holy Ghost is to you and your children, to all who are far off. As many as our God will call. The Lord is calling you today. And if you feel him calling and you want Holy Spirit to fill you, throw your hands up. Throw your hands up. I'm about to pray a prayer and at the end of it I'm going to simply say, receive you the Holy Ghost. Open up your mouth. Whatever you hear in your mind or in your heart, even if it's just stammering lips and one phrase or one syllable, I don't care, one syllable. Speaking in tongues is often like learning how to speak English or whatever language you speak. Isaiah said with stammering lips and an unknown tongue, I will visit my people. I feel God right now. I need everybody already filled with holy spirit just to begin to pray in the holy ghost right now i'm asking you to do that because this atmosphere is becoming supernatural by the second by the second this atmosphere is becoming supernatural by the second yes and if you lifted your hands to receive the holy spirit baptism i'm praying for you now father in the name of jesus this is a gift this is not a wage we do not earn this we do not deserve your holy spirit but we're opening our hearts now to receive holy spirit come send your glory to the temple now in the name of jesus every one of you who lifted your hands receive you the holy ghost now receive come on lift your voice church receive you the holy ghost now Be filled with the Spirit of God. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Just open your mouth and begin to release. Release that gift of heavenly language right now. I'm watching it happen. I'm watching it happen. People are receiving the Holy Spirit right now. I need everybody filled to be praying. Everybody, feel to be praying. Pray, pray, pray in the spirit. Pray with understanding. Soto tomande duro, soto to rubukata, mendo rubushika, rindi ang damasa, randa na lumukosupa, rando na Stay with me. Stay with me. Lift your hands. I don't want to pray for anybody that doesn't want prayer. But if you want prayer while you're lifting your hands, just wave them. Wave them. If you want me to pray with you, wave your hands. In the name of Jesus, receive the Holy Ghost. Receive the Holy Ghost. Pray, church. Pray, church. Glory is filling this place. Glory is filling this place. Receive the Holy Ghost.